Eric Schultz from State of the Arts at NJN. Uh, and we are at Princeton Theological Seminary with Joan Lippincott, concert organist, who has just performed the Bach Art of the Fugue as part of the Westminster Choir College Bach Festival. Joan, how is it to play this mammoth piece? It's, it's very challenging and very rewarding. What's the challenge in writing a wonderful fugue and what makes Bach's fugue so transcendent in a way? I think Bach's fugues are so extraordinary because of the themes he writes and then even more than that, the lines, the, the counterpoint are so structured and so related to the theme and yet at the same time so expansive and so elegant in their ways and where, where they go. He, he did that sort of writing of the, of the counterpoint and the developing of the fugue in a way that no one else did either before him or we can really say even after. I mean, the art of fugue stands in a, in a realm of its own. And uh, what is a fugue? What is a fugue? A, a fugue is a, it's a procedure, a compositional procedure, one might say, that has a structure. There is a theme at the beginning, uh, often called a subject. The theme is answered in another voice, and then the subject is stated again. There are 20 fugues in the Art of Fugue. It actually is based on one theme. The main theme permeates every fugue in one way or another. is the main theme of the work. There are four fugues at the beginning, often called simple fugues, meaning, not that they're simple, mm -hmm. but it me means that the fugues are based on one theme. third fugue, Bach uses for the, the lines against the theme a very chromatic line. Chromatic means when we play uh, black notes and white notes, half steps on the keyboard like and so the beauty of this fugue comes from the, the, the lines of the counterpoint. going on against it. 
lovely stuff going on. Then there, there follow three counterfugues, they're called. And they're called counterfugues because the subject speaks, and then the answer is in, inverted. So there, there's a lot of right-side-up subject and upside-down subject. Instead of going, as the main theme did in number one, up, and then down, this goes first down and then up. So, but it's the same th theme, just upside down. But the subject is also embellished a little. So remember that the opening main theme subject was... Now, the theme happens to be upside down, but notice there's some added notes. wasn't in the, the opening one. Yeah. And now the answer is goes the other way. And if the listener doesn't quite grasp all of this at once, you know, if, if he or she thinks, I can't tell upside down from right side up and, and so on, it really doesn't matter. It's just the beauty of this creative composition that is the point of it all, but it is fascinating to observe this. He was a genius. I mean, it was one of the greatest musical minds in the history of music. Should we jump to the end? It ends in a very shocking <laughs> way for the audience. <laughs> what is yeah. the st story behind uh, that? Here's the story. The, the last fugue is unfinished. It was intended to be a quadruple fugue with four subjects, and we have only three. In the 19th century, it was discovered that the main theme of the whole work could be the fourth subject. It would work together with the first three subjects, and so the best, the greatest scholars, Christoph Wolf comes to mind, argues that, of course, Bach wrote the end of that fugue. He wrote, if he was going to write a, a quadruple, quadruple fugue, he would have had to know that the four themes, the four subjects, would work together before he even wrote the first page. Now, does that make sense? Yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it appeared somewhere, if it, it, if, if it could be found, uh, it, it probably existed. Whether it exists today anywhere, of course, we don't know. Well, how does it feel to end the piece like yeah. that? In the 20th century, there have been about a dozen completions of the fugue, and I have studied them, and, and I admire them. I admire the, the people who have written the, the end of the fugue. But um, as someone said to me recently, we don't put arms on the Venus de Milo. And I have, at least at this point, I have a hard time uh, putting somebody else's ending on this Bach fugue. I would rather uh, stop where Bach stopped. How did people react to your performance? 
interesting question. People who said something about the, the experience uh, said in different words, I felt that I was taken to another place. I was moved to a higher realm. And I found that interesting because so many people said it. Uh, I find it to be true with this work too, that, that we can analyze it. But finally, all of that analysis is not what it's about. What it's about is the, 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 total, the, the total experience of what this is, which, which I suppose is true of any great work of art, isn't it? For more information about the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. Jersey Arts, the podcast, is a production of State of the Arts. Watch it on NJN Public Television Fridays at 8.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 11.30 p.m. Individual stories can be seen anytime on njn.net. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts is proud to co-produce State of the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support was provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable.